0: listening to the fitness matters podcast with Paula B and this is episode number 17 All right, you guys, we are getting right into it today. You know, normally I have like such a long setup of, you know, here's why this fitness matter matters to you. Because, I mean, as you well know, every week on the Fitness Matters Podcast, we talk about the fitness matters that matter to you. I feel like this one's pretty obvious. We're talking about easing anxiety. And honestly, if if you are not feeling a little bit anxious right now about the events in the world, first of all, I'm super happy for you. Super, super happy for you because the world is a little bit... It's a little bit cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs right now. Have you noticed? And so I feel like I feel like this topic was was really lending itself very well. And I actually, I mean, in that vein, you know if you've listened to the Fitness Matters podcast for any length of time, you know that one of the questions that I love to ask myself anytime that I am feeling overwhelmed or struggling or having troubles or anything is I ask myself, how do I want to feel? And I've been asking myself that quite a bit. I mean, over the last couple of weeks when this situation has been developing and it's really hard to kind of keep your wits about you and keep calm and I've been thinking how do I want to feel? And honestly, 99.9 percent of times when i ask myself that question about literally any situation my answer is almost always that i want to feel grateful and i was really really happy that i was able to find something to be grateful for almost almost right away this whole this whole situation super super anxiety producing obviously it's why we're talking about it anxiety today but it gave me the opportunity to Talk about a subject that I have wanted to talk to you about. And it really, for me personally, forced me to sit down and really think about my thoughts about anxiety. I've actually wanted to talk to you about this for a really long time. Uh, this, is, this is one of those fitness matters that I it truly matters to me. I, have, I consider myself a person with anxiety. I have had anxiety for a long time. It's something that I have learned over the years how to how to manage and how to deal with and and I feel like I actually have some pretty good information for you but I hadn't really sat down to consider how I wanted to talk to you about it and given this yes I'm going to say it this opportunity I really did put in some work I mean I, I I've joked before how I very frequently do not have notes for the things that I'm going to say, how nine times out of 10, you know, I, I walk into my podcasting closet, which was literally my closet. (laughs) I stand in my closet and I face my clothes because it muffles the sound a little bit. (laughs) I should really take a picture of this for you. But I, I walk into my closet and I've got like maybe two or three things on my piece of paper. And today I have, I have a lot of notes because I really thought about what I wanted to say to you about anxiety. And and that means that means, my friends, ha, ah, that we are starting with biology. <laughs> I love it because if okay, if you are not new around here, you might know. I love to know why. Yes, I have practical tips for you. Yes, I have things to tell you about what you can do to ease your anxiety that is the title of the podcast that is what we're talking about today. But for me personally, I always wanna know why I'm feeling something or why something is happening before I try and fix it, before I get to the resolution. Because once you know why, for me, honestly, knowing why, started easing my anxiety already. I mean, it is the first step, as far as I'm concerned, is to understand why we even feel it. And here's the thing. Anxiety is in your brain and has been since long, long, long before we even probably had a word for it. Truly. Anxiety has biological roots. Now, way, way, way back before we were even like truly people, when we were pre-human, we had a couple of a couple of really basic feelings, which probably I wouldn't even necessarily term emotions, but we had instincts. Let's call them that. Your instincts your instincts evolved into feelings, but Way, way back, we had instincts. We had the instinct for shelter. We had the instinct for community. We had the instinct to make more of ourselves. We had the instinct to stay alive. And we had the instinct of fear. There were probably other ones too, but those were the ones that I could come up with. Fear is one of the things that kept us alive for many, 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 many years before we even evolved into what we could call today's human-type of a a thing. So, so fear, I mean, it is just baked in. The thing that happened to fear though, as we became humans and we evolved this prefrontal cortex, the prefrontal cortex, we've talked about this before. It is the reason that we are truly human. It came into being to help us solve problems. So the prefrontal cortex, it, It is both the the cause of and solution to many of life's problems. It asks questions, and it also tries to answer questions. And this is great news for so many things. I mean, the prefrontal cortex is the reason we have language. It's the reason we have airplanes. It's the reason we have an iPhone. It's the reason we have the internet. It's the reason we have any kind of modern-day life, basically, at all. But here's what happened. When the prefrontal cortex evolved and as we evolved as human beings, those instincts that we had, they didn't really go away. I mean, they're still, they're still in there. You still have all of those instincts. But the prefrontal cortex added this layer of language and thinking and analyzing and processing that, it, it, honestly, it took those instincts and it just uh, multiplied them into all of our complex feelings, And specifically, what happened with fear is it became something slightly different in the prefrontal cortex. Because the prefrontal cortex has language and has the ability to think about the future, the ability to imagine, fear kind of morphed into anxiety. Fear is immediate. Fear, as you know, as a primal instinct, it is absolutely something that is happening right this second. I am being chased currently, right this minute, by a woolly mammoth and I need to get away. The forest is on fire and I need to get out. Those kinds of things that are happening right now in front of our eyes that we can see and we can feel and affect us personally immediately that's fear. Anxiety, however, has, has taken fear to a whole new <laughs> level and in some ways not great because we added the elements of language, the ability to think something over and over, the ability to imagine something, and the ability to understand the future without, of course, because nobody can, predict the future. Anxiety is a fear of the future of the unknown. And that's what makes it so complicated feeling because because it's all there. I mean, we have we have so much to imagine. You know, the the part of our brain that could imagine the iPhone before the iPhone existed, well, that part of your brain is what is constantly imagining all kinds of things that we might be able to be afraid of in the future. It's kind of amazing, right? I mean, thank goodness for your brain. It's it's very powerful. It has it has lots of skills. It is not however super smart at like regulating itself <laughs> with this kind of stuff. Its job is literally the prefrontal cortex specifically. Its job is literally to imagine the future. And apparently be afraid of it sometimes. Now here's the thing about anxiety or fear, but specifically about anxiety. Because knowing knowing why we have it, yes, that's awesome. But let me also tell you what it is. Because so often when we talk about anxiety, we are still just describing our thoughts about what could happen and what we're afraid of and and how we're how we're going about it and how we're kind of feeling like Not necessarily emotionally, but the thing about the thing about emotional feelings is that they are actually physical sensations. So when you think about something that causes anxiety, it actually produces in your physical body a basically a fear response. It makes your heart pound a little bit faster. It makes your skin feel a little bit tingly. It actually makes your brain think a little bit more clearly. It involves a little bit of like that adrenaline rush. And of course, you know what that feels like when you're feeling true fear, like when you almost hit somebody in your car and then you stop in time and you get that (gasps) that rush, that adrenaline. That's fear, so, you can, you can see how anxiety is kind of, a it's a, almost like a watered-down cousin of fear. You don't get that full-body adrenaline, but you do get a lot of those adrenaline-like symptoms, for lack of a better word, sensations. You do feel that, that buzzing, that tingling, that fearful feeling in your body. And the thing about that, that physical sensation is that it's actually kind of short-lived. I did not fact-check this, and I totally apologize for that, but I have heard on more than one occasion, and honestly, just anecdotally, this totally makes sense to me, which is why I'm gonna repeat it to you as at least a factoid, if not an actual fact, those physical sensations, no matter what the feeling is, the physical sensations actually only last about 90 seconds. And I know that you can corroborate this when you think about something, like pull yourself away from what's going on right this second. And think about the last time you were like super, super happy, like something really exciting happened. Your team won the Super Bowl or, you know, somebody had a baby or, or just something really awesome. You know, you feel that initial rush of, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. I'm so excited. And then later you can you can call that back up you can remember what that felt like you can think about it again but physically that physical rush of again adrenaline which fuels a lot of our feelings and is honestly something that I'm going to do a little bit more research on and talk about more in a future podcast today we're sticking with anxiety but but this whole topic is super fascinating to me but anyway that, that initial physical sensation doesn't really last very long. No matter how awesome and euphoric the thing is, it's, it's kind of quick. And the same is true for fear. The same is true for anxiety. The same is true for all of our feelings. The physical sensation is fleeting. 90 seconds. It's not that long. Now, the other interesting news about why we have have anxiety is that it's actually good for you. I mean, again, like its cousin fear, it serves a purpose. Anxiety, anxiety is your friend. (laughs) It actually helps you in a lot of situations. Something, I mean, this is gonna sound really mild again in contrast to the thing that we're feeling anxiety about right now. But, But thinking about when you have felt anxious, about something. For example, knowing that you have to pay a bill because oh my gosh, if I don't pay my electricity bill, they're going to turn off my electricity, you know, I'm not going to be able to go to work and you know, you can you can create all these scenarios in your head for all the reasons you might be anxious about not getting your bill paid on time. But but that anxious feeling, that little bit of adrenaline, that thinking clearly, that jolt of electricity, that tingling, it helps you to solve a problem that isn't even a problem yet. That, that fear feeling is gonna get you to pay your bill so that you don't have to have your electricity turned off. Anxiety works for you sometimes, obviously obviously, we don't think of anxiety as working for us. We, we very frequently think of anxiety as being something that is super hard to handle and it makes us feel kind of sick. And, you know, it's it's rough, right? We, we think of it as a bad emotion, but it, it serves a purpose. It helps you. So, so here's the thing, you know, we dig into what is anxiety and it's, Okay, it's it's part of the human experience, it's literally part of your brain, it's good for you, it serves a purpose, and it's temporary. Why does it feel so bad? And frankly, in this, like our specific, really current situation, why is it lasting so long? Why, if you're telling me that anxiety only lasts for 90 seconds, why have I been walking around with this feeling of dread and horror for, you know, days or weeks now? well, my friends, I'm going to tell you something. There's another layer. I know that we all all have the language to describe our feelings. You know what fear feels like. You know what happiness feels like. You know what anxiety feels like. But there's actually something else that goes on when we carry a feeling around with us for a long time. It's not that initial feeling. We all still use that word for it because we, we don't really talk about this second layer. The second layer is actually resistance and resistance isn't technically speaking it's not a feeling it's more like like a chain reaction of thoughts and feelings and thoughts and feelings that perpetuate themselves it's almost like it's almost like you put a couple of thoughts and a couple of feelings or maybe even just you know one thought and one feeling i mean i if you have small children i mean if you have small children honestly there are some things that i'm going to say today that you might not love me to say in front of small children, but specifically this next one, you might use the 30-second skip button. You might have this one thought, we're all going to die and I'm afraid of that. You put that in a little glass ball and you start shaking it up and it just keeps pinging around and bouncing around. Well, the glass ball is is the resistance and there's just that thought and that feeling that keep pinging, 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 coming around and around. So the resistance isn't a feeling in and of itself, and that's why it can last so much longer than the 90 seconds. Resistance is honestly, I don't entirely have another word for it other than the descriptor, and I feel like as. As we, as humans, kind of delve into our mind a little bit more and delve into the complexity of our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions and what we do with them, I truly feel like there might be some other, some other word to, to describe this resistance that we feel. And the thing is, I know, again, anecdotally, I feel like you can understand exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, partly because what you're feeling right now, that, that pit of your stomach, that heaviness, that ache that you just, you're carrying with you, it doesn't really feel like anxiety anymore. It doesn't feel like that initial rush of, oh my God, something is wrong with the world. It feels, it feels ongoing and the thing is, we can resist all kinds of things. I mean, again, in a future podcast, when we talk about the the root of lots of our problems, resistance is the root of of lots of our problems. and we resist feeling lots of things. It's kind of weird. I know that it would sound so bizarre to resist feeling happy or to resist feeling excited, resist feeling proud of yourself. But I know, especially with that last one, feeling proud of yourself, you felt resistance right then, didn't you? It's hard to feel proud of yourself. You know why it's hard? Because we resist it. We resist feeling feelings. And we resist it, honestly, because of that physical sensation. I mean, you and I both know when we feel that that zing, that jolt, it doesn't feel normal. And because, especially with anxiety, it's so closely related to fear, our first reaction is to get away. We want to not feel that feeling. We want to not feel fear. And unfortunately, what we do when we try and get away from anxiety is that we make it worse. We make it worse by resisting. The resistance, like we just talked about, is what you and I have both been feeling for days or weeks and honestly in, in some cases I mean for some of you who who have been resisting all kinds of feelings this might be a feeling that you've lived with for years this might be something that when I'm describing it to you you might recognize as something that you have felt for a while the thing is resistance is it's unproduc- unproductive and it's it's unhelpful and yet, it is also a natural part of, of our lives. It's a natural part of our existence as human beings. Resistance is, again, part of that prefrontal cortex. Gosh, darn it. Your brain, your brain doesn't like new things we have talked about this before when when something new comes up it automatically feels scary your brain wants to reject it your your prefrontal cortex my friend it is it is awesome and powerful and amazing and and really specifically that that powerful thing your prefrontal cortex can solve any problem But it also, it it creates a lot of our problems. And the thing is, because we can use our imagination and because we are, you know, creatures of habits, this resistance that we all experience, at this point in our lives, we, we have so much experience resisting things that we have developed all kinds of habits that are truly resisting our feelings that that I know when I read this list of the ones that I was able to come up with really quickly, that you'll recognize as not helping us feel better at all. Things like eating. Yeah, I mean, you and I both know eating eating your emotions is something... I don't think we've talked about it really specifically here on the podcast, but I mean, this is this is such a common thing to do when you feel yucky, you head to the pantry as though that's going to make you feel better. It never does, just so you know. Sometimes we go shopping. Sometimes we try to distract ourselves with a bubble bath or we try to, you know, not necessarily try to, but we find ourselves picking fights with the people that we love or we just sit and play on our phone or we sit on the couch and watch Netflix for hours. Those, those activities... Those are all actually symptoms of resistance. Rather than feeling the anxiety, we, we resist the anxiety and we try to do basically anything else in the world so that we don't have to feel that first feeling. And yet, all of the things that we do instead, all of these resistance things that we do, end up making us feel even worse. That pit of the stomach, the heaviness, the ache, the the constant dread feeling that that maybe you're feeling right now. So, so what is the solution? You you might not like this. I mean, I feel like feel like you might know where I'm going with this. If resisting your feeling is actually the problem, you know what the solution is. The solution is to go ahead and feel that feeling. And I know you might be saying to yourself, but Paula, I I felt the feeling. I felt the anxiety. I 100% let myself feel that. And it's true. You probably did. But then even after the initial rush maybe kind of started to dissipate, you might have almost immediately gone into the resistance of I'm going to say the the fact of whatever it is that brought you the anxiety in in this case, really, really specifically. i mean let's let's go ahead and talk about what we're seeing on the news. There is a virus, and it's super scary, and it's super. I, I'm not going to say super deadly. That That is putting a big word on it. And I am not in any manner trying to give you any kind of medical advice. I am not in any manner trying to give you any kind of up-to-date news. I am not at all an expert on this virus. But here's the thing. When we start thinking about what that could mean and what we could happen and what what we could feel and what the future might hold. We're putting ourselves in this near constant state of starting to feel anxious and then immediately resisting it because we don't want what could happen to happen. And the thing is, I know that it's really it's really difficult to think about simply accepting the fact that there is there is a virus and It is deadly to some people. But the thing is, that is truly the only thing that is a fact. Everything else that we're thinking about is our prefrontal cortex looking for problems and asking ourselves all kinds of questions about the future. Everything else except those basic facts there exists a virus. It is deadly to some people. Everything else is not necessarily imagination. Again, there, I mean, facts are unfolding, but it is our fear of the future and the unknown. The thing is, that fact has actually existed for a really long time. I mean, viruses have probably existed longer than humans, honestly. The fact is, some of them are potentially lethal to humans. There are, there are, technically speaking, lots of things that are lethal to humans. And yet we don't walk around every single day feeling fearful or anxious about every single thing. Because lots of those things, we simply accept the way that i have thought about this recently and this is this is a little bit silly this might might help you it might not it helped me to think about it this way the difference between resistance and acceptance is is kind of like you know when you're watching star wars and you know there's darth vader and darth vader you know he's he's big and bad, and, you know, you should feel fear or anxiety about him, and then he tells you that, you know, Luke, I am your father, and Luke's immediate reaction is no, no, Luke's immediate reaction is resistance rather than acceptance. His immediate reaction is to not just feel the feeling of, what, disappointment a disappointment probably. I mean, you know, that would that would be pretty rough to find out that your father is Darth Vader. But he immediately goes to resistance. Imagine, imagine how different that movie would be <laughs> if Luke was just like, <gasps> and let himself feel the feeling for 90 seconds and then moved into the acceptance of this fact and was like, okay, well, you know what? What can I do with this? What where can I go with this information? And I know that that sounds super silly. Like you're thinking to yourself, Paula, that's ridiculous. Of course, you should resist the fact that Darth Vader is your father. I mean, who would want to accept that? Well, somebody who is working on managing their mindset, managing their emotions and managing their, their fitness, their mental and physical fitness. The fact is there is a virus. Accepting that, feeling the fear that such a thing exists, feeling maybe some anxiety that such a thing exists. Go ahead and let your body feel those feelings. But when you feel those feelings and don't immediately resist them, it opens your brain for a whole nother world of things you can think about. You by being able to accept a fact and accept a feeling and feel a feeling can then get kind of curious and kind of analytical. What can I do with this information? What can I do next? How can I help? How can I find my way through this? How can I manage my initial desire to resist these feelings, how can I do better? My friends, my practical advice, my my truly practical advice, When, when you look at news, when you look at information or hear news or information, step one is to do your best and figure out what the actual facts are. Separating facts from projections and fears and the thoughts that you have about the facts is gonna take some time. It's gonna take some practice. It you're you're going to have to take a moment and really slow down. Really think about what it is that you're going around and around in your mind with. Because separating out the fact from what is essentially your opinions, your thoughts about the facts, takes time. Luckily, we've been talking about this for a while. Here on the Fitness Matters Podcast, we've been talking about hearing the difference in your mind between facts and opinions. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I will put a link in the show notes in the description box wherever so that you can listen to that one. That episode that episode has a lot of information that really applies in a lot of situations. Finding the facts and then... Letting yourself feel what you feel and then moving forwards towards a solution rather than resistance is the best way to ease your anxiety. For me, so much of my anxiety was eased. I mean, well, there was a couple of things that I did. I mean, quite some time ago, I actually physically started taking control of my my physical environment. I started practicing calming myself down by breathing carefully, by finding ways to quiet my mind. I've practiced things like drinking less caffeine. I practice things like doing less of the resistance behaviors, doing less of trying to get away from... I stop drinking alcohol. I I limit how much time I spend on my phone or on TV. I still do those things. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be like I'm perfect. I'm telling you that that putting some parameters in place so that the resistance behaviors don't take over is is a pretty critical part of easing your anxiety. And I know, that, I know that some of the resistance behaviors are things that we think of as calming. But weirdly, one of the most calming things that I do is simply let myself feel what I feel. If I feel sad, I go ahead and feel sad. If I feel anxious, I go ahead and feel anxious. Like we talked about, it doesn't last that long. The physical sensation does not take up a lot of your time. The other thing that I do and I know that if you're not if you're not following with me on this one this is going to sound like kind of a big leap but the other thing that I do is I set goals. I continue to reach for my goals. Because here's the thing, my friends, there there will always be things in life that can There will always be facts that can cause you to have thoughts that can cause you to feel anxious. There will always be things in the world that you want to resist. There will always be feelings you don't want to feel. But when you can focus on the things you do want, setting yourself goals, thinking about how you'd like to be better, thinking about how you'd like to be your best in the world, that is the thing that truly has calmed my anxiety personally. Focusing on what I can do takes away a lot of that time that I would or could otherwise spend on thinking about things that could happen. I know that this is I know that this is a lot today. You know, when we talk about easing anxiety, I know some of you some of you came here thinking I was going to say things like, you know, take a bubble bath or or distract yourself with a movie or or all kinds of things. And instead, I told you that that could be part of the problem, and I understand that the initial concept of simply feeling your feelings and then moving toward acceptance and clarity it's, it's very different from how most people are managing this situation. And therefore, it might feel too different. It might, actually, it might actually provoke a different type of anxiety because what if I handle this well? What if I'm okay? What if I'm not sitting around being worried? What if, what if I'm the only one keeping calm? It, it, it is a very real thing, a very real thought process to work through. But my friends, the thing is, when you can be calm, when you can ease your anxiety, when you can look at the facts, let yourself feel the feelings, and then get analytical about what you want to feel and what you want to do and the good that you want to create in the world, you will feel better. You will ease your anxiety. I really hope that this one was helpful for you today. I, you know I want to hear from you. I love, I love hearing about the way your wheels are turning and the way that you're thinking about things in a different, a different light. You can always reach me on social. I mean, I'm around. You know that. You know that. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you again soon. Mm-hmm.